Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. And hello once again. This is Talk Cosmos on December 22nd, a most amazing day. Yesterday, the sun ingressed, that's astrology talk, with Capricorn as the winter solstice. Sol means sun, and stis is Latin for stop. The sun actually pauses. The earth is tilted. The axis, which is the polar axis, which heads towards the star Polaris, our north star, remains the same all the time. Well, if you went back thousands of years, it was one star, and it is headed to Vega, I believe. But we're that's talking thousands and thousands of years. For our lifetimes and for the foreseeable many grandchildren's ahead or behind, it is going to be Polaris. So we're 23 degrees on this axis and a half, which means we have seasons. And it's really an element where the sun is pretty mathematical. This is where astronomy and astrology really match. And it's very important. It's important to realize because seasons begin and the four seasons that we have And again, you could put it on the astrology horoscope with the angles, as we call it. The horizon, which is just like you would think on Earth, looking at the horizon, the sun comes up, the sun goes down. And why? Because Earth moves in a westerly direction. It's you it, the spatial connections and it, it it's a bit abstract right now it's you know without having it right in front of us but the point being that the light at the solstice is in the northern hemisphere that's above the equator where i happen to be and a large part of the population but we do of course our southern hemisphere at the opposite spectrum but up here we're having the northern one Meaning the sun is the lowest in the elliptic orbit, and it, it there's many connections with like the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn because the other solstice was back in June, and that was the summer solstice when the sun is at the highest point. So the point being with our rotation of the Earth, and as the sun elevates. As far as how we see it from Earth at this lowest point, it it because there's this 23 degree angle, there's a warble. Yes, a warble, not a bird sound, but a warble, and it goes from one 23 degree angle over to the other one, other one, you know, the other direction as it circles, as we circle in this orbital pattern. In other words. The, the 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 seasons let's see where was i here you get so spatial it's really a matter of of where are we we're on earth right now and at this lowest point it, it pauses it's like a pendulum 
it, it pauses for three days, ancient years for thousands of years. And all over the world there are festivals because people wanted the light to return. And called Saturnia in Rome, we may go into that with other talks because there are five talks for Capricorn. We're in a new archetype. So the light is really important and it also defines that the equinox is the even light. So I wanted to bring that out because yesterday was the solstice. Today is the full moon in Cancer. Whenever the sun is in a sign, the full moon is the opposite sign. So it is in Cancer, and it happens to be zero degrees, that we're having a series of zero degrees full moons. And there's great thought that it has a meaningfulness, that that's a beginning of many initiations of, 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 well, we'll wait and see exactly what it is, because potentially the energies are there, but it's like seeds how they fall and how we use them and what we do with them. That's what these archetypal talks are about because it's, it's our free will. But the full moon in Cancer is distinctly opposite from the sun of Capricorn. I won't go to huge lengths, but I do want to address that because it is an issue not just for the moment, which is today predominantly, happened a little after nine this morning here in on the Pacific Coast, which is P.S., you know, Pacific Standard Time, as I put out in the promo. But it's also our lunar nodes, which are points. And without going to huge astrology at the moment either, uh, you can look up lunar nodes, but they are points where the moon orbits the Earth. And one goes up and one goes down. There's a south node and a north node. And they happen to have just recently gone into Capricorn and Cancer. There's a lot of energy in these directions. Saturn rules Capricorn. It's the influencing planet. It happens to be in its own sign. And Pluto, which is the further out than Saturn. Saturn used to be the furthest planet we could see from traditionals, but then with modern technology, we as a culture discovered the outer planets, as they're called, including the last one happened to be Pluto, 1930, and it is in Capricorn. They will be, they move in a very slow pace as further out, but there's a lot of, mm, how shall I put it, there's a lot of buzz there's a lot of concern. There's a lot of interest because as these signs, planets are in the same signs, they're moving progressively closer and closer, meaning they're talking a lot. Yes, they do talk. And that's what we're doing is trying to listen. So let me see what else I wanted to tell you, just a little bit of general information here, because there will be eclipses coming up because the nodes are in Capricorn, and the sun is in Capricorn. There's going to be a solar eclipse in Capricorn on January 5th at 15 degrees Capricorn, and a solar eclipse in Cancer in July, but that's sometimes off. We'll have a lot of time to talk about that. There's four sets of eclipses. There's 
two solar and two lunar. Sometimes there's, like last summer, there were there was an additional solar eclipse, but generally there's four. So the matching solar eclipse is going to be, oh, wait a minute, I'm going ahead of myself. Let's just stick with that. Right now, January 5th, 2019, that's as far as we need to go, there will be a solar eclipse in Capricorn. So I really thank you. This has been a lot of energy for all of us. We just left Sagittarius, and we're going to be visiting this energy of, and that was important too because Jupiter is in Sagittarius. But now Jupiter is talking, the, the expansion is talking with the contraction of Saturn. Tonight, I have a repeat guest, Sarah Stromley. And Sarah Stromley is from Seattle. And she is the founder of Brain Body Therapy, LLC, a cranial sacral therapist and instructor. She incorporates astrology, astrology into her practice and is an evolutionary astrologer, although Sarah studies horary astrocartography, medical astrology. It's a large horizon of, 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 of approaches and different perspectives. And her healing work includes botanical, a botanical passion for blending combinations of flowers that support body and mind coherence. It's really a very sensitive and special practice that she has. And of course, you can find her website, which is Brain Body Therapy, on Talk Cosmos under the guests. Just click and all of her information will be there. Sarah's also a member of OPA, which is the Organization of Professional Astrology. Also, AFA, which is American Federation of Astrologers. The local WASA, as we call it, for anybody that wants to join. It's a wonderful organization that meets monthly. Washington State Astrology Association. And there she had served on the board for three years. Additionally, Sarah's involved with our local conference, which we're very, uh, uh, I, I'm not, pleased is not the word. We're, it's very special that we have a conference of this caliber here in the Northwest. It's called NORWAC, Northwest Astrological Conference. And she's recorded those services for over a decade. So, thank you, and hi, Sarah. Hi. Happy solstice. Yes. Oh, isn't that special? You know, I am fascinated to learn the importance of the solstice with the entire incorporation of astrology. Do you know, Stonehenge, of course, in England, is devoted to the calendar, noticing the you know, the equinoxes. But I think there's been some information out lately that that it's much older than even 10,000 years. It could be, well, without an actual reference, I hesitate to say, but many more thousands of years. Have you heard anything about that yourself? I haven't kept up on those dates, but I well, know that the Mayans and the Egyptians of uh, Babylonians have long studied all of these cycles, which have long been about light and dark. And a lot of people have a misconception that we 
astrologers study constellations and it's more it's always kind of originated from the movement of the sun and the moon and the uh, the graduation of days and the what we can see within our solar system, the the dance that we can see the movements and the mm. the cycles, cycles. yeah yes I'm and glad you brought that up yes um, the what we've noticed and as well as the peculiar things that we've noticed on that so and the correlations between that so I it's really the the oldest natural science. It study. is. And when we think about how much it's ingrained into our systems without even realizing it, although in this world here we, we do live a lot away from the dark. You know, we have lights everywhere and mm-hmm. as far as the cities and predominantly more and more people live at the cities. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's revolutionized agriculture, travel, uh, shipping across the sea, the maritime studies of the tide tables and it's all tied together it all originated from the study of astrology and astronomy yes my husband listens to many shows on um uh, netflix actually and i think it's called there's ones about the oceans and there's ones about the universe generally and i think that's where he was saying that 40,000 years ago because we know that 30,000 years ago, there's the caves with all the pictographs. And, um, and I know that there's some te- technological terms as far as whether they're uh, petrographs, pictographs, and these different names. But generally, you know, these wonderful pictures that are there on the walls. But that there's also stars that show exactly the constellations at that time. And, of course, you know, because... We're slight, everything's always in motion. It's slightly changed now, but just the evidence that the time, and I think that's where really the solstice and Saturn, because the mythology too, in other words, time is so critical, the whole concept of cycles and time. And who rules time? Capricorn and Saturn. (laughs) Yes. And interestingly, there is eternal time. I think there's karma, and it does involve karma. But this idea of old father time with a sickle, and so we can measure things. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think mankind or humankind have, has evolved with our great sense of measurements and so that we can connect and communicate and you know, build things. It it does help to to work out a schedule and and all of those issues. But this other idea of time that there's a time for the crocuses to bloom and a time for the magnolias to bud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you're talking my language. <laughs> Pardon me. No, you're talking my language. So. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. Y'all, that yeah. botanical yeah. interest. Well, what would be some Capricorn plants? Um, holly is really spectacular, and you see holly so well represented at Christmas time in decorations, the bright red berries with the waxy looking, sharp looking leaves. Yes, very pointed. Yeah, and it's really a magical flower essence to take for 
Uh, it's since it, it just turns any unresolved resentment that's just eating away at people or um, the un the untouchable jealousy or um, things that just make us feel irritated and out of balance where we're just in a state of polarity where we're just kind of eating away at ourselves and then it it shifts it so that it's it kind of soothes from within and opens the heart and it it takes uh, a sense of hostility and it turns it into a sense of holiness and gratitude and it really widens the perspective so I really call it the, the Santa Claus power essence because it it does create a sense of benevolence in people and it helps fortify their heart so they're they not only they're not just opening it but they also feel protected within it I'm full of awe everything you spoke of has a lot to do with many many parts of Capricorn that are perhaps hidden in a sense because there is so much Capricorn is a very a sign that is full of responsibility and essentially it's having that accountability for your actions and the goals and all of this and I was just reading from um, online about a woman named Eden Tull and she's presenting I think it's on shift network you know they have many many online programs Mm -hmm. and everything you're stating is really what energy she was talking about uh, realigning and so and I was thinking to myself I wonder how much astrology she knows to think of this particular subject and here you are talking about holly which essentially would Mm -hmm. if it could be just the a tincture. Yeah, I, you see it in ancient paintings and Celtic art woven mm. in with the uh, character of Green Man, oh, which yes. was very the very mysterious but magical character. Um, and yeah, oh. Green Man and Green Woman. There were, there okay. were both. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not really sure with. I'm aware of them, but you know, it's not a study that I've, I've, I've right. gone into it greatly. Because what, what also she was saying, which I think ties into the Capricorn, is, and especially with the full moon now with, in Cancer, which is also timing, except it's our personal sense of timing. Mm-hmm. It's how we um, maturate our own processing, you know, filling our emotions and, and connecting to our personal rhythm. And really, that's what this course was all about. So the holly would, would ferment that, you might say, or, or, or augment it, because it was really about getting rid of our conditioning about it's one thing to be accountable and to have responsibilities. It's another thing to walk away from our emotions or numb ourselves to mm-hmm. our feelings. And so that's really the special full moon that we're having here. Yeah. And it, it is really interesting, you know, the, the timing and the angle and all of it. I mean, Capricorn, I have always envisioned as, you know, the, the glyph or the symbol of it is the, 
the sea goat that has crawled from the ocean of emotion and uh, climbed the mountain to reach the peaks of achievement. And they have the highest vantage point because of that. So it is at the top of this chart, the 10th house, which ruins career as well as authority and the responsibility that comes with that. It is a, yes, and to announce for those astrologers or those one, or learning astrologers, um, it is a social house. It is in the last quadrant, which again, if you think back, it's quadrant seasons, but it is at the 10th house. And interestingly, that's the southern end, which is when the sun is the highest. I was thinking about that. You yeah. Know, with the, at any rate. But it does have authority of, and mastery of structure and disciplines and yeah. law, rules, and karma, you know, right and wrong, ethics. Yeah. So, but it seems as though with all the, with, when I say all, I don't mean to exaggerate or o go over details, but there really is an emphasis on Capricorn that we're going to be living with now for a full year going into 2020 because the ruler or influencing planet, as Caroline Casey says, and I love that, instead of ruling, it's more influ influential. We have our free will. But it, Saturn is in its own sign, Capricorn. Pluto, the transformational planet, is in Capricorn. The nodes, the south node, meaning the one that we're very familiar with, is in Capricorn. And what we're reaching for is what, in this energy spectrum, collectively, because this is the from Earth, we're all experiencing this, in conjunction somehow with our natal moment that we were born. But the south node is also in Capricorn. Can you say a little bit more about what the south, south node means? you well the south node is that energy that we have experienced over a prolonged period of time and very familiar with hasn't really necessarily new growth attached to it because it is very well worn the tracks are familiar and in capricorn in this sense are goals ambition it also rules fears it's authority and rules. You know, it, Saturn went into Capricorn in, I think it was, I have it written down, November 2017. 30. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and of course, Pluto went in in 2008. Yeah. Pluto's a much longer uh, cycle because it's much further out. Saturn is altogether about three years. After two and a half years, it's going to go briefly into Aquarius in 2020, and then it comes back. In fact, well, it actually, for details, Saturn went into Capricorn December 19th, 2017, yeah. and then it leaves in March 21st, 2020. But then in July 1st, I believe, it goes back the very last degrees and then in December 17th almost three years to a day a couple of days it, it departs 2020 so it's quite intense yeah 
whereas so the point is is that they're moving together and there's going to be you know what does it mean it means that we've been living with more laws more rules and we're seeing the gaps or the the breakdown from that most yes likely. are they working yeah what needs to change yeah right now congress can't get their act together and that that's well it's not congress i might say it's it's a collective i'm not going to point fingers at congress um it's the whole government and government is 10th house also yeah i mean it would be our president and it would be the congress energies mm-hmm. that are having their collaborative issues so that there it is right in front of us and it's going to be energies that all of us have an opportunity to look at and figure out where's our authority how are we how are we feeding into that yes and also it's not but then see that is the south node which we're accustomed to so it's a matter of integrating that north node just like now with cancer that says what's your story what's because we each have a voice you know and if we want to start integrating Jupiter in Sag wants us to express our voice and how do we feel about it and are we taking time to smell the roses because our processing and our emotions I think this this what I'm about to say relates back to this what this woman Eden Hull was talking about and that was that we've been conditioned Saturn wants to condition us because it is according to a structure yes yeah and and a it does rule the bones and its structure by the time we transit to the capricorn 10th house we need to have government we need to have some social uh outlines that we can all cooperate with i mean that's the ideal of it so we condition ourselves towards what's expected. But the fact is, is also, rather than judge it, which is a large part of Capricorn, is realizing, and I think what she brought up is also something that I have have come across a few times. And lately with training for consultation with ESAR, which is, if I, it's the Institute of um, I N oh I, I, yeah no Institute of Society of Astrological Research mm-hmm. and it's a very uh, profound group that is easy access to be members of and they have weekly talks now that are part of your membership so I highly recommend it and they also have certification which is again accountability for the astrologer. And I did take one class with that, uh, an intense weekend, intense course. And during that session, this was just recently in November, in Cleveland, where they're located, although they teach this in many places, but it happened to be in Cleveland. So the point was, is that um, we're perfect. (laughs) In other words, not to judge that, we need to fix ourselves because it it separates us. It's part of that ego. 
part of ego is wonderful. It serves us how to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves so as not to be slammed, but it can overdo and try to distance and separate in order to protect ourselves, to isolate ourselves. And so by realizing that, well, as Jane Fonda even said, whether one's a fan of her or not, and I'm not sure I am, but she was saying that it's not a matter of perfecting, it's just a matter of being whole, which again ties in, it's all these, I just read that. So it's in my mind, it's amazing how once you begin noticing the themes, and that's what we're trying to show here, are the mm -hmm. themes of the archetype, you begin realizing how it just permeates life. Oh boy, we need to have a wonderful announcement. We've just been chatting away, just forgetting about time. And so our phone number is 42, actually, yes, 425-373-5527. And if you want to make a comment and talk to Sarah or myself, please do. Otherwise, we'll come back and talk with you again. All right. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host Sue Rose Minahan you'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Hi, this is John Luke. I'm an evolutionary astrologer. And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars and planets. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi again. Sue Rose Minahan with Sarah Stromley from Seattle. Hi, Sarah. I think we concluded that. And there's some real great factors that... I'd love to hear that you were thinking of bringing up. Yeah. Um, a lot of people may not realize that the revolution of Saturn around the sun is about every 29 and a half years. And that's, there's, and with each of these Saturn angles, um, when it reaches a Saturn square, a natal Saturn, Saturn, like where it was at the time you were born, at a at a difficult square angle or at an opposition, which can also create a, a bit of tension, or 
um, at another the, uh, the other square that as it returns back to its normal position these are clearly character defining moments that happen every seven years and and it's just also interesting with um, the fact that Capricorn rules bones teeth and the knees uh, our bones literally re reconstruct and reformulate every seven years as well so I just thought that was quite interesting and um, there's you know what what made Saturn so fascinating for really everyone that's come to look at it or gaze upon it is the rings of Saturn and they're so spectacular um, by being 750 no 75,000 miles long just the, the reach that it goes out from the planet and yet it's extremely thin being only 22 yards thick and considering that the planet is you know Saturn itself is 95 times bigger than Earth that's really defined especially because it's got these very distinct rings there's 30 they, they, they've counted approximately 30 rings that each have seven groupings so it almost looks like a a record player and there's like a mystery or a story around how each of those groupings of what is essentially ice and carbon have kind of formulated as this dust to make these beautiful spectacular glowing rings and Jupiter and Neptune and Uranus they all have rings as well and in fact Jupiter has much bigger rings they like almost a third bigger and uh, actually considerably thicker 77 7700 miles thick but yet you don't notice those because they don't have the the form and the structure which are common themes with Capricorn um, it also has uh, Saturn has some the second shortest day of any planet that we've discovered so far and that's because it's got this massive like it's considered to be 90% of its pole is is just empty uh, it just basically flips so each day is so it flips on its angle and it goes I think a day there is and a half hours versus our 24 hours here which is also amazing as again it's so 95 large. bigger 95 yeah, times of us so yeah um it's it's mostly ammonia and ice um with some clouds it's got you know sulfur and some other stuff in there but it's i would probably guesstimate just how much cold fusion is going on with the um hydrogen that's content that's there it's in the hot center it's it's probably a cold fusion powerhouse mm. and the gravitational pull that it has I mean it, it has 150 moons more than any planet we've ever discovered and that's considerably more than Jupiter again who only has 79 moons and is again considerably bigger um, 
yeah, Jupiter's like 318 times bigger than Earth. <laughs> so um, they are the heavyweights, both of them. It's just yeah, but Ju- but Saturn, you can you can see the gravitational pull that it has, that, and and they've you know they've they've sent like four uh, space observation things out there to to study just Saturn because it is so fascinating for us and they've they've speculated now that they believe that it's the one planet that keeps the other big giants the gas giants out there including the big Zeus in Jupiter order. in order just like actually 10th house yeah. yes like it keeps everyone in order everyone in place and they they said we're so lucky for that because if Saturn wasn't doing that, Jupiter, who knows no bounds, would literally oh. be pushing towards the sun and would be pushing Earth into the sun. Yeah. So. There is a great uh, relationship here. And, it, and I'm glad you brought up the physical properties because it is part of astrology to gain a perspective based on many factors and the physicality is distinctly one just like you were saying the fact that it holds the order you know that does relate very well to law and order which essentially um, capricorn is and the highest sense of capricorn is a very hard working i mean virgo's hard working there's a it's an earth sign mm-hmm. all the earth signs it, it's a physical sign but but it's also wants to be of use Usage is a very important factor. And yeah. so here, Saturn has a great purpose in usage, you know, in, in connection to, to all of the, the whole planet. Yeah, and a very distinctive observation that I've made with the Caps, Capricorns that I've encountered is that they tend to, um, they tend to express their emotions through action. Like they, mm. they show you through physical things. Do. You, it's a cardinal it, sign. Yeah, it's yeah. a doer. You know, they just do it. So goals, then, goals are. Is this what you're saying? Because it's yeah. not true. Yes. Well, that's a very good observation. Because really, otherwise, it's that uh, um, fear or mastery. I remember the first person that told me that was Laura Nalbandian, who is a local astrologer and also a universal astrologer. She coordinates the NORWAC, the conference, and teaches. But fear or mastery? I just, in fact, we're going to have another focus really on that subject. But because if one can't, if one is doubtful or fearful, which is going to be a very prominent emotion, it would seem, because it's very, uh, it's, it's, significant with Capricorn and why because one wants to be to achieve and if one but one might feel like they can't that's where one has to realize that they're enough already you know like I was saying earlier and um, and think of goals so yes it makes sense yeah but you also think of the disciplinary inside you know like being brought to your knees that's um, a very Capricornian term that's um, oh, yeah. if you're not following the program well uh, humbleness and, yeah. and for ethics because yeah. you know er, 
whether it's arrogance or whatever, there's the, the forms of, of thinking oneself is greater than others. It, um, Saturn will, like the planetary uh, solar system, it keeps order. It, tell, it checks you, like that 30-year Saturn return. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a awakening up of a re-alliance. There's one at around 28 to 30 and another one going on 60. And they're wonderful passages, but they're passages of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's the most character-defining moment uh, where people reach maturity. They're thinking of creating families, creating careers, like really taking the next step and taking that role of authority or um, committing. It's, you know, they, Saturn and Capricorn, they want to see a commitment. I suppose so. It's just thinking of my own life. I don't know what, I think I, it's, it, this is an interesting thought, commitment, because not everybody stops and well, actually, I did. Anyway, I'm going on to little thoughts here because I think you're right. There is. I've, from my relationship, synastry, um, composite training for relationships, if you see Saturn in aspect, you know the relationship is, has a much better chance of being long, long oh, yes. term and to go the extra mile. You know, back in 1990, there was a stellium, I was just bringing that up, of Capricorn, such as we're going to be approaching yeah. again. And that was 1990 to 93. So I pulled some charts, and it was intriguing that we have here, there was, well, of course, I happened to do it during December, so of course the sun was in it, but there's Neptune, there was Venus which, again, is a personal planet, but it doesn't often, it happened to, anyway, but Saturn. So there was Neptune and Saturn and the North Node. Oh, and Uranus. Wow. Yeah, so people that are born in 1990, 91, and 92 have this stellium, as they call it. Of course, it shifts a little bit as it goes, but both Uranus and Neptune were definitely because they have long cycles, you know, yeah. two and a half years, three years. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of Saturn. Yeah, but for Neptune, it's seven years, 14 years, and Uranus, it's seven years. So this one coming up in 2020, when we have the Sun, Jupiter, Mars, Mercury, I think Ceres also. I mean, you could get more elaborate, and the North Node. There's going to be, or anybody that has in cardinal signs, because there's the energy, you know, cardinal would be, uh, for instance, Libra, Aries, Cancer, along with Capricorn, in those degrees, 22 at that time. Or at any time, if you have those uh, planets in those signs, depending on the degrees, that's when you could visit your astrologer and uh, your energies and try to find out how that you might want to make action because it is yeah, cardinal these, like you. Yeah, they're, I think they're going to be the movers and the shakers right now, um, especially with all these, with Saturn and Pluto kind of 
overlaying all that stuff. I'm sure they've felt that already. Um, and for all of us that were, lived back in 1990 to 93, I went back to college. I was thinking about that. I went to North Seattle Community College for music theory and then finished up my AA. So I was work, 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 working, and I loved it every second. And I was thinking maybe that's what I'm doing with this talk, Cosmos, now work, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and astrology. It's hard to know, but th that's on a personal level. As far as politics, very intriguing, responsible times, growth time. Yeah. So the bones, and you were talking about that with like cranial sacral work, how this might be a very important time for people to do some physical work. Yeah, with Pluto in Capricorn, Pluto's energy is very transformative. It's obsessive. It's, it's, it's a super PowerPoint and it can and the fact that it's in Capricorn it can bring things to manifest more articulately. So um, there could be, you know, if people aren't resolving, if they have these unresolved resentments and things that they're grinding away and focused on, it can produce imbalances in the body that may require surgery to remove or extract, you know, it's just uh, people could have a propensity for getting cancer or uh, requiring well, resentment more. is very big with cancer. If yeah. like Louise Hayes, who has that wonderful Hay House. Yes. Yep. I was yep. just reading that. You're so right. Very a long factor, you know, a long, like stalagolites, you know, it's a drip, drip, drip in our yeah. system, you know. So this is very important to realize. I think that's why we're having this conglomeration of time. I don't know how else to put it, but it must be that collectively, because it is a collective social sign, and it's collective globally that we're experiencing it, personally and within every realm, that we need to look at these factors, and to to open ourselves up so that we can have our goals and have our dreams and yeah channel yeah. it for something you want to see and experience more of yeah and that personal smelling the roses i often think of cancer moon taking that time to just enjoy and love that very moment and it smells good smelling a flower whatever flower it is maybe the pine tree the christmas tree yeah, <laughs> they smell yeah. good. Um, yeah, there's also with, uh, and pine is also good for overcoming guilt and shame. Ah, these are so definite. Those are that very healing in that way. Feelings too. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at, we have a few, we have about several minutes still, thankfully, and I'm looking collectively with you about the two charts the winter solstice for yesterday that was at 2 23 p.m in the pacific coast time on the 21st and for the full moon which was today on the 22nd at 9 45 that's on pacific time so looking at these there's two things that stand out 
One is, and the, the, okay, one is that Saturn doesn't seem, it seems to stand alone. It doesn't seem to have any aspect, uh, uh, Chalde Chaldean, which is the traditional, you know, the square of 90 degrees tension, the opposition of 180, or the trine. Um, and the trine is harmonious. Yeah. Really yeah. fluid. But there isn't any, so it's pretty powerful. It, as a ruler, it's really standing there. But on the other hand, the nodes, of course, I'm speaking of traditional astrologer here, because we're coming from this sense of that, you know, of, of, of having goals and ambitions and We've got to improve and do more and think of more laws and et cetera, which have their purpose. But the opposite side that we need to head for is this personal timing of our own timing, of our own embodiment of flowering, of our own emotions and, and intimacy and home and, and these factors. Yeah, home and hearth seem to be yeah. strong themes with... Uh, the season, as well, especially it is with the full moon with Cancer. Cancer is the more nurturing, motherly side exactly. of it. Uh, that's allowed to be an important, much right more now. emotional. And Saturn is the more fatherly. You should do um, yes, this disciplinarian, is. but you know that's and they, that, that creates the structure and, and organizes. They yes, they have. But, yeah, there's a, a lot of tradition with that. Uh, so there, I just see that there's issues coming up, you know, with the, um, yeah, with Uranus squaring that kind of activating exactly much of this as well. So what I'm thinking is because Saturn, which is really, it's the Saturn and the moon that we're going to be talking about for the la next year, and particularly right now, in the next five talks, in some framework, because the nodes are in these signs and they're influencing, and the moon keeps changing all the time. Every two and a half days, goes through another sign. There's for no other reason, it, it's emotional keeping up with that, and how does that relate to us? But here, for right now, because these are significant, when you have a full moon, it lasts for a while, and the winter solstice, of course, is a lot of energy. Yeah, it's the theme for the the season. Exactly. So until April. Yes. When, when Aries does the equinox dance. So breaking up the pattern is Uranus. And traditionally, people felt that Saturn ruled Uranus, although now... Oh, that was not ruled Uranus, but ruled... Aquarius. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. But Uranus by itself is a disruptive. It breaks the pattern. And yeah. so it's creating new tradition or like what else can we ch change up here? I'm not uncomfortable with this particular structure of how we're experiencing the holiday or how we're experiencing government <laughs> or our home structure. Yeah. Um, how can we be happier? How can we find a happier home or create a happier home? Or what can we do with our career that would make this all easier? Yes, that works closer with our own rhythm. And our own, you know, something that speaks more to our heart and our, our talent and our skill. Nurtures us that we can display that 
that consciousness that shines from us. Mm -hmm. A part of this is, so in other words, thank you for this, Sarah, you know, help working with me through this, because Mm -hmm. looking at these two charts, it seems that on the one hand, Saturn is saying, here I am. I am essentially, in a sense, energy that you have to deal with. I'm here. I have authority. I have your fears. I have, um, or you have, you know, it's uh, how a person designs their own. But on the other hand, there's this energy that wants a disruptive, that if we align ourselves to, can be productive. Maybe not easy. Yeah, it's a matter of, you know, what what do I need to be more disciplined at? What can I build a form and structure around and schedule this and commit, you know, whether it's with money or a contract? Those are great words. Commit and structure. Yes, mm-hmm. there is that. We won't be getting away from it because somehow, just like Saturn out there in the solar system, it keeps charge, you know. You have to work with it in some manner. And that's where, again, going back to Eden Tull, one factor that comes to mind was saying, when one considers the forces outside of themselves, that's where we get in trouble. We, it's time to go within. That's where the ethics are. That's where mm-hmm. the karma, you know, where we can answer, where our accountability, our mm-hmm. responsibility is within. One thing I... I learned recently, I thought was surprising, is that our bones are the what where we gen where the body creates blood, both the red blood cells that circulates everything to where it needs to go, and the white blood cells that are the little soldiers that go to work and attack any that enemies or intruders or infection that could be harming the body, and if you think of that in the same scale of mm. what, like getting in tune with that theme with Capricorn of what needs to, you know, how can this, how can this be within our blood oh, that deep? This is a perfect way to conclude our first talk on Capricorn tonight. And this is with Sarah Stromley, founder of Brain Body Therapy here in Seattle and an instructor and an astrologer, so do check Talk Cosmos. We have a whole list of, of, of guests, but Sarah has been up tonight. That's Sarah Stromley. And next week will be Wendy Wyrot, another astrologer, and an astrologer of many capacities also, more on some of the spiritual dimensions, and teaches, and also a, a, a Reiki healing, energy, shamanic person here in Seattle. And we'll be talking about Saturn mythology, fear and mastery. Tonight has been time, winter solstice, and cancer full moon. So thank you 100%. Thank you. And we'll meet again. And thank you, everybody listening. Have a great holiday. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. 
Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.